listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File, virtually this week, no longer in person. But, Tanner, great to be here with you. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I was able to make it back to Buffalo safely, so that's good. Came yeah. back with a little case of the sniffles, so if I sound weird, that might be why. <laughs> the uh, L- L- Illinois Blues, that, that's what you're going home with right there. But, you know, we, we all got it around here either way. A uh, lot to look at, though, Tanner. You know, we had a great week in sports as far as uh, the NFL goes, the slate of games that we just got done watching. Let me know if I'm wrong. I think it was the best slate in over a month. Over yeah. a month, this was the best slate of games. You know? Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I think it might be when you counted how much these games really matter coming out of the playoff push. Like, it might be the best week we've seen so far this season. In the second to last you know, week of the regular season, obviously, right? So it took us 17 weeks to get here. Definitely paid off. Uh, let's start the show, though. Like I said, we, we, we just got done watching week 17 in the NFL. Uh, the Cowboys and the Cardinals went right down to the wire. Cincinnati's big win over KC. The Titans somehow still find themselves at the top of the AFC with that number one seed. Uh, Got to talk about Tanner's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Antonio Brown. Tanner's guy, Antonio Brown, uh, you know, pull, pulled a little bit of something this past Sunday. So we got to get his opinion on that uh, and what he thinks uh, it, it'll do for their chances going forward. And obviously Ben Roethlisberger, you know, legendary quarterback, legendary Steelers quarterback. Got to talk about him playing his last uh, home game as a Steeler. Then to wrap up things here in the first half of the show, as usual, we'll give our picks of the week for the NFL uh, week 18 of the season tenor, the final week of our picks. Kind of crazy that we're this far, you know? Yeah, it feels like just yesterday we were uh, betting on that Bucks cowboys game in the first game of the season. Uh, don't remind me, you know, went right down to the wire. I nearly had you having to wear a, a cowboy shirt for half. And we know how, obviously, we know how it ended. You know, me wearing that, that straight out of Tampa Bay shirt. But I would do it again. I would definitely bet on them again if we went back. Uh, might not be the best decision there. But Tanner, in the second half of the show, college football, the NBA, there's plenty to talk about going on in the second half. Yeah, we're going to start the second half by talking about college football. The college football playoff Championship is this week on Monday. Yeah, Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. So, yeah, Alabama versus Georgia. Both won big in their playoff game. Yeah. And then we have some bowl games that happen. Some guys sat out. Some guys should have sat out. We'll kind of talk about that moving forward. Yeah. And then we're going to move on to the NBA talk. We have some NBA headlines. Clay Thompson, Casey's guy, possibly returning this week. My guy. But play basketball and that's crazy we got, man we got the grizzlies and calves kind of surprising people yeah, one of the most talked about teams even though 
No one really saw that coming. Yeah. And then the Bulls are the number one seed in the East, and we got to talk about that. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in the NBA, and excited to get to it. Yeah, man, there's a lot to look at. Stick around for the entire show, guys. But, Tanner, let's start with what we just got done watching this past weekend. And I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid right off, but I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you start, okay, regarding Dallas and Arizona. I want to know from you, as an outside, you know, not, not a fan by any means, either one of these teams, guy just watching the game, did you learn anything about either one of these teams after, after Sunday's game? Obviously, Arizona won 20, what, 25 to 22, I think the final score was, right? So, so did you take anything away from that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I took some things away. I think Arizona's a little better than I thought. They kind of really needed a win because they were kind of spiraling. and they were Three losses do, in a row, yeah. They were able yeah. to do that, so they did show a lot of resolve in that way. Um, I learned that some random guy on the Cardinals punt team could catch the greatest pass I've ever seen. That was crazy. That was crazy. It was P.I., and, and but they, they declined the P.I. because he caught the ball. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to take the catch. <laughs> you know, that, that's insane. Off the helmet, off the opposing team's helmet. You know, that, that was crazy. That was crazy. They kind of one-up David Tyree there. Yeah, yeah. And, that was- uh, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. But Kyler Murray undefeated in AT&T Stadium. What is it, like 10-0 now, 9-0? At least 8-0, 9-0. Yeah, he was 8-0, yeah. so maybe now he's 9-0. Undefeated yeah. in high school. There, undefeated college there, and now he's just undefeated with the Cowboys there. I <laughs> gotta love it, man. Kind of his, kind of his stadium moving forward. Instead of Jerry's world, it's Kyler's world. <laughs> is, is that what it is now? Pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, I think it made me a little more confident in this Cardinals team moving forward that they can possibly win a playoff game. I still don't think this is a Super Bowl team. And it kind of makes me think the same thing about the Cowboys. I was kind of starting to change my tune that I kind of thought this Cowboys team could be a Super Bowl team. I know. I and know. now, I don't know. Just if they it's play tough. enough good teams in a row, can this offense string together enough good games in a row to win a Super Bowl? And I don't think they can, really. Yeah, so, I think that's a very good – yeah, I think you're right. I think. Yeah, so I think – I think both teams are very capable of winning playoff games, but not necessarily going to the Super Bowl or winning it. This was just a classic letdown spot for, for my Cowboys. You know, I think you, you even know it was a classic letdown. Everyone's saying, even though they're playing a very good team on the other side, you know what was the hottest team in football for half the season, right? People are going into the game saying, yeah, you guys should definitely win this game. You're, you're favored by five. You know, I think they got up to like five and a half points. We ended up being favored by uh, everyone saying, yeah, you, you know, you guys should win this game. You should win this game. You're at home. And then classic letdown, right? They play much better as the underdog instead of the favorite. Uh, but Tanner, let me know if you heard you know, the kind of same thing. I didn't hear you, you bring it up, so you probably don't exactly feel that way. Uh, but I, I've been hearing people say this this loss is 100%. At least the majority of it is on Dak Prescott. He played sloppy. Don't get me wrong. Did not play his best game with sloppy. Especially in the first half. Yes, first half was exactly. But what are people talking? I hear people talking about Matthew Stafford. He's throwing two picks in the first half. And then, sure, he's playing better in the second. But, you know, Dak was no, no interceptions, three touchdowns. I think he had a 105 passer ring, which is better than Kyler Murray. So it's not like Dak had this abysmal, you know, terrible performance by any means. But he was sloppy. And that, that, uh, that last fumble obviously was the final nail in the coffin, right? So you, you want to bring that up. 
This one wasn't a hundred percent on the quarterback though. If you're asking me. Yeah, I don't think so. I would blame more than anyone. Probably Kellen Moore and the offensive play calling in the first half. I thought was atrocious. I think I've been talking about Kellen Moore and how he's a little overrated for the majority of this season. It's just the fact that he, he gets away from the run game far too quickly. And then when he, when we do run the ball, it's not creative whatsoever. You kind of know what's coming and nothing really comes of it, right? Even though you have one of the more dynamic, you know, back tandems uh, duos in Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, right? And one of the better offensive lines in football at times when, when it's healthy, at least, right? So I, I 100% agree with the play calling, but, you know, penalties, I think, I think the penalties had to be the number one issue. They lost this game, 10 total, cost them 88 yards, uh, they had four holding calls offensive uh, on the offensive line, four holding calls, uh, two pass interference. There were three pass interference calls. They just declined um, that that one that ended up catching the ball with. I was with three PIs, four holding. Right. It felt like especially offensively, it felt like almost every big play ended up getting called back. It really felt felt that way. They had no momentum. Uh, Zeke's best run in weeks got called back as well, right? So all the momentum absolutely disappeared as soon as those, you know, yellow flags hit the air. And then defensively, you're holding them, you're holding them for first down, you're holding them for second down, it's third and long, and then it's a PI, or and then it's some ridiculous play, they're getting 15 yards off it, right? So the penalties were a big factor for sure. Uh, Greg Zerline as well missed a field goal from 43 yards, like, come on. That, that should be, a you know, one you almost nail in your sleep, I feel like. So 43, missed that one. He missed an extra point. Obviously, Dallas ended up losing the game by three points, right? So you do the math. You could say Arizona could have scored, but for sure at the end of the game one more time. But you do the math there. Dallas should have found them said, themselves ahead at the end of that game, at least a, a, a much better chance at winning it if, if Greg knocks down those those four points at the very minimum, right? So that, that's the thing. And that Arizona fumble, they fumbled with about two minutes left in the game. I know they rolled it out of bounds, but that was a heck of a play by the Dallas D forcing another uh, another takeaway. What would have been another takeaway, but they ruled him out of bounds. Terrible call. But you could also say that's on Dallas on the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy with two minutes left in a game that's very close already had used all of his timeouts in the second half. So he had no way. Yeah. So he had no way to challenge it, you know? So, the poor clock management, you should, you, you should have saved yourself a timeout with two and a half minutes left to go in the game for a scenario just like that where you need a challenge. And then you said it yourself earlier, Kellen Moore uh, play calling, super inconsistent despite talent in the, in the run game. They cannot establish it effectively or consistently. And that, that's been a, a thing pretty much all season long despite nice performances here and there. Uh, on Sunday, 11 rushes for 25 yards. It, 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 it honestly is just so inconsistent and very frustrating. And I know as a Dallas Cowboy fan, when you got guys back there who can do it, uh, not not having them get the ball as much as they should, right? So Arizona was due a win. They had three losses in a row coming into this one. Classic letdown spot for the Cowboys. Uh, but Tanner, I think people were getting a little high. Even you said you were starting to come around on them. I, I like us better as that underdog. Okay, and I, th- I think I think they would agree. We're better as the team. People are kind of starting to count out instead of the team that people are heavily, you know, starting to favor. Uh, not a great DNA for a team, kind of is how it is, though. And I, I almost prefer uh, where we're at now. But hey, that, that would have been a huge win. Not all on Dak Prescott, though. I kind of just had to get that since I've kind of just been hearing that for two straight days. Uh, two straight days since that game. Uh, let's move on though and talk about Cincinnati and KC. 
I think that was your game of the week last week, if I remember correctly, yeah. right? That was a shootout. We, we both got two things right. It's going to be the game of the week, and then I predicted over 50 points. Right now, it ended up being 65 total points being scored in that game. Uh, Cincinnati won 34-31. to 31. Joe Burrow, his last two games, Tanner. Joe Burrow's last two games, 971 yards, eight touchdowns, no picks. Nuts. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So are you, are you starting in a midseason? We kind of had this talk. Then we kind of abandoned it you know, after a couple, a, a poor game, a couple game losing streak that they had. Where are you now on Cincinnati after, you know, a nice stretch of victories here, especially a shootout, you know, again, against a team like Kansas City, which people are saying should be the favorites in the AFC right now. Right. So where are you on the Cincinnati team? I'm so confused about the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. And every week. Uh yeah, I mean, early in the season, they blow out the Ravens, and then they get blown out by the Browns next week. And it's like, where is the consistency with this team? Yeah. They kind of look, they're starting to find it. Uh, the offense looks incredible with Joe Burrow balling out, and he's throwing to guys like T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Boyd like yeah. Super talented guys. And the defense, how about the defense holding the Chiefs to three points in the second half? Yeah, dude, they were they were down what twenty four or sorry twenty eight to seventeen. Right? I think it was twenty eight to seventeen at half. Yeah, twenty eight to seventeen. They they ended up with a final score of thirty one. They only had a field goal. Yeah, in the second half, exactly. They stepped up, man. They really did. The offense, yeah. right? Only had seventeen in the first half. Ended up with thirty four. Man, they they came back. That whatever whatever was in that halftime speech. You know, that really Maybe that Zach really Taylor really motivated them. That really got them going or something. Yeah, who knows? But. Do you think they're a legitimate contender, though? That's ultimately where I'm kind of going with this question. Do you think with this win, they've kind of shown they've beaten a lot of the top dogs in the AFC, at least some of the some of the top, you know, better teams, I would say, that they've beaten now, especially with this win over KC. Is it hard to say they don't have the same chance in the postseason, you know? I... You know, I feel like we've been so up and down on this team all season long, but we, we, keep, we keep going back to it and saying, hey, they have a really good run game. They have a really good passing game. They have a good quarterback. The defense is stepping up. Why can't they be a contender in the AFC? Why can't they? Who, do, who doesn't have a chance Because right of the now? Bengals. Who doesn't have a chance? That's kind of where I'm at with the AFC, especially in the AFC. Who doesn't have a chance? Honestly, in both conferences, and NFC and AFC, who doesn't – as far as those top four seeds, top four or five, who did, I, I think any one of those guys could find themselves winning their conference, right? So I'm I'm done doubting this team. That's a huge win. And we, but we know after every huge win they've had this year, usually they follow it up with a stinker. That's what I thought against Cincinnati. Did exactly the opposite of that. I don't know, man. I'm I'm honestly trying to find ways not to buy in. I'm like. I feel like I kind of they're winning they're winning their division for the first time since I think 2015 was the last mm-hmm. time 2014 2015 right so Joe Burrow has the single season uh, Bengals passing yards record now passing Andy Dalton I don't know man I I'm there's a lot of things connecting here and I think they are about just as good as a lot of these teams in the AFC like like like, like Buffalo Indianapolis New England I, I give them a fighter's chance against every single one they just beat KC. That's that's where I'm at. That's why I'm, I'm kind of done uh, starting starting to starting to or doubting the, the, this this team overall, especially that quarterback. 
No, I said it though. He's got he's got the Tony Romo in him. Maybe he might even he might even be a little you know a little little one one little step up. I don't want to say it's a little early in his career, obviously, right? But he's he's got he's got it. And uh, Jamar Chase helps. He's the best rookie receiver. You know, I don't want to say ever, but he's right there. At, you know, you could say he's the best rookie receiver ever as far as yards go. I think he does have the single the most seasons for a rookie, right? So, a lot of talent, man. That's a lot of talent on that roster. To break the rookie reception record, possibly. Oh wow, I didn't, I didn't exactly. So, a couple of stud rookies right there. Um, but yeah, man. I honestly, I think they I mean, have a pretty good chance. Class is like it's pretty nuts the best ever maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty nuts no lie no lie um but on the flip side which no one really seems to be talking about even though i did just kind of fold and say i think they could win the a- the afc just last week i think it was but how about mahomes and the chiefs getting outplayed and losing huh how about how about a game like that tanner yeah i mean they were due to lose a game i think it was eight and, straight before that i think yeah, right yeah, they lost I mean, they'd won eight straight, and they were playing the toughest team in that stretch on the road. If they play them again, it's probably going to mean Kansas City. Yeah, you obviously like their chances then, obviously. And you would hope they can score more than three points in the second yeah. half. I, but I'm not panicking on this Chiefs No, team. no, I'm not, I'm not going back on what I said last week by any means. But I definitely think in a loss like this, it's kind of interesting. We don't see anyone – but if they played pretty well, but again, nope, three points in the second half. That is, that's a little bit of something. That's a little bit of, hey, where'd that offense go? Left it all in the first half. But again, they did drop 28 in the first half. It wasn't a bad offensive day for them by any means. But Mahomes was not the best quarterback on the field that day, and the Chiefs were not the better team for the entirety of that game, right? So, again, going back to the Bengals, I think that they definitely have a fighter's chance as far as you know in, in the AFC playoffs go. Uh, let's keep it, though, in the AFC. It was cool with you. Go back to Tennessee uh, because since since Kansas City lost Tennessee back up to that number one spot overall, so they would have a first round bye. They demolished Miami thirty four to three. What do you buy? Because Tanner supposedly Derrick Henry is supposed to be back by postseason, especially if they have the first round bye. Just gives him another. I think you said he's supposed to practice this week, even right? So, practice like if you're listening to this on Wednesday, he's supposed to practice today. All right, so he's supposed to be practicing already. I, I, it's hard for me to say. You know, obviously when he first went down, me and you, I think we're both saying, you know, a good team, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what to expect from them going forward. They're the number one seed in the AFC still, still. And I think when he comes back, it does nothing but sure up the fact that they are contenders. Uh, the defense is legitimate. The pass rush is at the very top of the league after last year. They didn't have any whatsoever it felt like right so they flipped they you know they completely turned the table there the kind of question is can they keep it up defensively and then can derrick henry come back and be the same player he was pre-injury you know that's kind of where we are right now for the, that's where i am for this titans team yeah yeah i mean i don't think this team stands a chance without derrick henry being no me either, derrick henry either. that's why they were able to get out to such a big lead and able to kind of stay afloat and able to get this one seed. But, I mean, everyone has seen with their eyes this offense take a huge step back without him. But adding him to the team now that A.J. Brown's healthy, this this offense could be super dangerous, and this defense has played super well. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this Tennessee team, they're they're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah. The Jaguars. And they're going to beat the Jaguars because the Jaguars stink. Wait, yeah, don't the Colts oh, play the oh, Jaguars? No, no, never mind. Yeah, the Colts play the Jaguars. Hey, they if play- the Colts lose to the Jags, then both the Chargers and the Raiders make the playoffs. That's Only pretty interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Only if they tie. Oh, okay. If they and then that, that opens the door for uh, uh, the Ravens and the Steelers. If that happens, yeah, it's wide open though. Not wide open, but there, there's like still a couple of teams that could that could find themselves in into one of those wild card spots for sure. Tennessee won't be one of them. Obviously, they'll be one of the higher seeds playing with home field, like you said. But yeah, I like it, especially if, if Derrick Henry comes back. I am in. I think they can beat any team. Next to any team in football, at least they can beat any team in the AFC. I know that, uh, so I'm not counting. I, I think this team with with a healthy Derrick Henry, which is when he was healthy, we were saying he could be the MVP of the league. Yeah, Derrick, you know, on the on the tear that he that he's yeah, been they on, could be. they could and, be returning the first half of the season MVP. And Mike Vrabel, Vrabel has arguably been the coach of the year for what he's been able to do, minus his best player. Throw the number one seed in the AFC, perhaps, right? So there's a lot, a lot going on there. But I like their chances. I think that they can beat anybody. Uh, but we we waited long enough, okay, Tanner. We're going back to the NFC. We're talking about Bucks Jets. First off, that was a close game, and I know you a little bit. You know, we're, we're sweating just just a little bit. The fact oh, that you guys sure. were down to the Jets the majority of the game. I feel like you guys yeah, were down, like about about seven. I feel like you know, yeah. Uh, we were down uh, at least a score pretty much most of the game. We were down 10 to 24 with like, I think like four minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't looking great. At one point it's like, man, are the Jets going to pull off like the, one of the biggest upsets? Cause they already beat, didn't the Jets beat the Titans earlier in yeah. the season? Like they could pull off, you know, being yeah. two, two of the top teams despite they having four wins. Yeah. Who? They beat somebody else decent. As Did well. they? Yeah, they have. Oh, you're right. They in. did. Yeah, I don't 100% remember who that was, but they definitely had a game where it's like, man, the Jets won this week, you know, and it was definitely a surprise. So, yeah, either way, they almost lost the Jets this week. Uh, that was not, you know, Tom Brady's game winning touchdown drive was not the highlight of the game, though, Tanner, which, which it usually is when he does something like that. That is usually. Oh, the, oh, the Bengals. Okay, there it is. So, like, yeah, they have a couple of legitimate wins for sure. The team we were just kind of hyping up. Lost to the Jets as well, right? Either way, either way, you, you guys aren't a part. Of, you guys are not in that category. Okay, you beat the New York Jets. You don't got to worry about that. Uh, but like, like I said, that was not the highlight of the game. The highlight was Antonio Brown. I'll, I'm going to let you, you know, give your spiel as far as what went on. But he is no longer a Buck, I guess, at this point in time, even though he was not released yet. So he technically is going to suspend him for contact, uh, conduct detrimental to the team, and which means. No other team can sign him for the playoffs. Got you. So he's not going to be on a roster. This guy's done. Uh, more than likely not going to be on a roster again after pulling something like that to a guy like Tom Brady, who I think Tom was mainly the biggest reason he was in the league in general, you know, in, in New England, obviously, then again here in Tampa. So what happened, Tanner? What happened there, man? You were watching the game live. I know you were. Walk us, yeah. through, it, walk us through it a little bit here. So – the Bucks had the ball on the Jets' 30-ish yard line. And so, getting ready to try to go down and score. And then they just cut to 
and Tony <laughs> Brown shirt like taking off his shirt in the middle <laughs> of the end zone on the far side of the field. Yeah. When they first showed him, I was like, this is a streaker. He's taking off his clothes. And then I was like, that streaker looks a lot like Antonio Brown. And I was like, that's Antonio Brown. That is him. In fact. Taking off his clothes, throwing them into the stands. Waving, waving everybody, taking his farewell tour. Got a huge smile on his face. Yeah, man. He was nice. So I was confused. I was like. Yeah, he must be injured and is like going back to the locker room to get treatment, or whatever. Yeah, but like you, you know, and the then, jersey I, coming off. And then I was like, "But it's Antonio Brown." <laughs> so like, you really never know what could be going on with this guy. And I guess the story is he hurt his ankle in practice, and he was able to be healthy enough to play this. Right game but he guess he said he heard it during the game again and he told Bruce Arians that he wasn't going to go back in the game and or he wasn't going to play and he was like all right well then you're done for the day we're going to rest you and he was like no I I want to like not go in right now but maybe go in later you mean like five minutes yeah <laughs> like and Bruce Arians is like no you don't make the decisions I do, and oh, he's the he's a my way or the highway type of guy. Then huh? <laughs> my way, yes. I mean, I mean, it doesn't seem like that difficult of a of a yeah, yeah. you know. But yeah, and I guess that set him off, and he decided he was just he was just done. Didn't really feel like trying to get another ring. Crazy man, I, I I I couldn't believe it. But then again, when when you recircle and keep thinking about it, right? It's like. Yeah, you know, believe. it's like, yeah, I, I definitely believe that that happened. It was it was, though, a little surprising because I was hearing like pregame. He was doing interviews pregame, how he's so happy, yeah. uh, excited for a playoff run with his brothers. He called the Bucks roster his brothers. Then he just abandons them. And I think it was in the third quarter. When exactly was it? Third quarter. Oh, yeah, third quarter. Yeah, third quarter. Third quarter. It starts to come out. that That's what happened. There's video online of Mike Evans trying to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to stop him. Yeah. So then let's talk about what Antonio Brown does after that point. Stays so he, in New York. Yeah, so he leaves the stadium. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Has, he's not hanging around for the locker room. He's he has some, for he to has come, some back. guy come pick him up, one of his friends of his friends, drive him around the city. The guy, I saw he, the guy on Twitter. I saw him on yeah. Twitter with the videos. Yeah, yeah, I saw the guys on Twitter. Yeah, 100%. It, I saw that. And then he's just posting on Instagram. He posts – just a caption that has n- not related at all. Just a, a fit check. <laughs> is his outfit for that day. <laughs> and, then, and then he posted like an ad. And then he dropped a song. He just dropped a song. He I guess like, I made this song. Like, hey, here's a single. <laughs> and then he was seen courtside at the Nets game. The next day. Yeah. The next night. He's, he's courtside at the Brooklyn Nets Memphis Grizzlies game, dude. What? Which which the Grizzlies won in the we'll talk about them in the second half of the show. Um, but when I saw that he was there, I'm like, what is going on? Is, is this nothing? Well, this is just nothing, you know. Uh, I think there are two options. Like what? two things that have happened. Either one, Antonio Brown has lost his mind. He's crazy. 
Tui's just an asshole. Yeah, we're going. We're getting right to it here. Honestly, right? He's just like the biggest jerk guy. Can yeah, see like, like cares about himself. I mean, like, I mean, he just has like the longest rap sheet of just being a bad person. And like, it's gonna be, it's gonna like be an another... explicit episode this week, y'all. The E's gonna be out there. But either way, Tanner, he could also just need some help at the same time. You know, he could definitely. Just, he does not have the right people in his ear telling the wrong thing, hyping him up when that's the opposite of what he needs. I think more like because like I, it could be his personality, right? But we've seen so much. It almost feels like it's like, is this dude like needing help? Like just like crying out for help at this point? Like I don't really know. Or you're right. Or or it's the latter. Or or was the first option. He only cares about himself. Says yeah, deuces, and and that's it. But I mean, that's it's it, not so. an isolated event. It's a long list of things that it's oh it's a list like it's a list if if this was the one thing it'd be whatever but it's the fake vaccine card endangering a coach on your team that's 90 and a coat and a cancer survivor no that's not cool it's yeah dude the sexual assault allegations it's yeah i mean it's a many ones of those yeah (laughs) it's not not just one of those either he's not a good guy now it's done. Hey, but the good thing is, I know he was your number one receiver. I know you had yeah. nothing but good things to say about him then, but on the football at least, field, at least the drama's gone. Yeah, at least the drama. I know we're gonna keep we're talking about it now, but we're not gonna probably talk about Antonio Brown again. We're not gonna talk about it. You know, that's gone. That's done. You guys can now focus on the postseason run. The guys who are in the locker room, right? But man, that was that was crazy. And like the biggest thing that that really is upsetting or is disappointing for for your sake, right? You're now down your number one and your number two receiver and Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, right? You still have Mike Evans, Gronk, you know, you, you still have a couple of capable guys who are out there, right? But not as unbeatable or untouchable as an offense as you were when you had those two guys out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought we were the best offense in the NFL whenever we were completely healthy, but, and we had Antonio Brown, but that's not the case at this point. But I still think we're, one of the best offenses. We still have the best tight end of all time, and a. You guys still a, have a run game that's top, been pretty like a, pretty a well. Very very good wide receiver, a good offensive line. Leonard Fournette's coming back. I still think this offense can be explosive. Yes, yeah, Grayson at the end of the game was unguardable for the Bucks, and he is just a. a fresh kid on the block, you know. Yeah, he's only played a handful of games in the league, I think. Right, so like. He's fresh. He's got the fresh legs. Brady definitely was using him. Um, let's talk about this. So before we do our picks of the week and wrap up here in the first half, Roethlisberger played his final game at Heinz Field. He beat the Browns, so going out on a victory, actually, you know, at least at home, at least, 26-14. Uh, to 14. He's, As far as Big Ben goes, I know we're going to – the league's going to miss him. Okay, he's been a stable, not necessarily what he's been the last couple of years. Don't let that be your memory uh, or, or don't let that, you know, be your memory of him as far as all time. Right. But he's been a staple in the league the last over a decade, 15 years. Big Ben. Yeah, it's like 2005. You know, he's been a staple in the league. Almost 20 years. He's got his own Big Ben, you know, like that. That's how we refer to this guy, you know, and that Ben Roethlisberger. You know, it's, it's Big Ben. Right. So he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, all, all time Steelers quarterback, obviously. So the game's gonna miss him, but it is time. It's time for him to leave. Hopefully now, I don't, I don't know if it's his own terms, but I guess now there maybe, maybe it is. His own, I don't know. It's time though. Uh, perfect time to do so. Gonna miss him. 
Uh, but ultimately that's where I'm at. I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of time for them to get uh, go quarterback shopping kind of at this point in time, right? That's kind of where they are. Yeah, uh, I think there's a good chance they land like a free agent type guy just because where they're going to be drafting. Yeah, not not for getting in, a in top the way quarterback. This, in the way this roster is built, do you want to rebuild? I mean, I think you have some good pieces there that you can – Build no, on. they have a good team. You sign a free agent and then go rebuild the offensive line. You have a good team. Exactly. And th- there's not like there's four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks that are going to be available in the first round for you to go out there and snag. It's, it's a pretty limited choice this year round, right, or this time round. So, and, and overall, look at the roster. You, you said it. You, they're an offensive line and some bits and pieces from being a very, very good roster. They have Mike Tomlin, who is an accomplished veteran coach in the league. I, I definitely think they're not not just a quarterback away, but they're a quarterback and a couple of other th- a quarterback and an offensive line. You could say away from really being something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this Steelers team has great receivers and the defense. Is not, Najee has, Harris, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, good rookie running back to build on. You go get a guy like. Jameis possibly, I feel like in this Garoppolo, Jameis. Yeah. Um, if you could win win the sweepstakes with a Wilson or a Rogers, obviously that's phenomenal. Yeah. But there's like a solid option of guys you could go out there and try to get for your team this year, right? So sure. that's what I would do. Don't sure. use, I wouldn't go with the draft. I'd probably go and get one of those. Uh, one of those guys is kind of floating out there, right? But definitely going to be disappointing or upsetting. Uh, I, I'm not even a Steelers fan. I'm the I'm a Cowboy guy, obviously, right? So I have no love whatsoever for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was a little upset watching them take that last roll around the field. I can't even lie. I'm like, man, this is a big moment. You know, that's a yeah. Big the whole right time there. I've ever watched football, Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback for the Steelers. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he never had a losing season at quarterback. Insane, dude. Insane. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a coach. Yeah, it's That's official, right? Because they won that game, so they're not yep. gonna have a losing record now, right? So yeah, dude. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Did you not to bring up like bad memories or anything, but did you bring up them to have a losing season this year? Didn't you say they're gonna no. You no, didn't? I definitely said why would you bet against okay? So let's say I know we were debating betting against history, but I know I didn't end up doing it. I didn't know if you did or not. Okay, we're going to double check. We go to the playoffs. Okay, cool. So we did not bet against history here. Uh, It continues, and they will uh, continue to have a winning season for – they had the last couple of decades even. You could say almost 20 years, right, since they've had a losing – maybe even been longer than that. Not 100% sure uh, the the exact date, but I know he's been there for 18 years. So there's 18 right there. So it's been almost two decades since they've had a losing season at the very two least. Two Super Bowl rings. Two Super Bowls. Yeah, definitely man. Hall definitely a Hall of Famer. That's not even a question for me. Like, definitely, definitely, especially with what he did with his, in his younger years, right? That guy, he was a force to be reckoned with, a staple in the league. Definitely a Hall of Famer. That's pretty much all I kind of have to say about that, though. Not too big of a, of a Steeler guy. Like I was a little upset, though. Watching him take that last straw. I will, I will, I will definitely uh, remember that for a while. Let's move on though, Tanner, and wrap up here in the first half of the show with our picks of the week. It is week 18 in the NFL, the final week of the NFL's regular season. Uh, my season total sits at 34, 33, and one just a notch above 500. That's kind of my end season goal. Stay above 500. You 
uh, keeping that lead. Where are you at? Remind remind us. Yeah, last week I went one, two, and one. Woo! So <laughs> woo woo! Made a little bit of ground on me. A little bit, a little bit. Half game. I'll so take I'm it. Thirty six, thirty, and two. So what you got? A, got about a three lead on me still. What two and a half to three lead on me at this point in time? So it's definitely possible. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I am still in the hunt, but again, we are rooting for over five hundred on the season, or even at five hundred, right? So that, that's that's what we're hoping for right now for my season goal. We still haven't figured out what the winner or what the loser gets. We, you know, TBD. We've been working on that kind of for a while right now. Uh, that will be coming soon for sure. Uh, but Tanner, let's start with over under with total points being scored. Uh, let's start with you as well. So what were you looking at for your over for total points? What caught your eye? Uh, this week, I decided to go Jets-Bills, 43-and-a-half. Lots of low lines this week, and I thought this line kind of made sense. I think this Jets offense can score some points. We just saw them score some points on Tampa Bay. We've seen them yeah, we score did. points against good teams this year. I think they'll be able to do that again. Uh, Robert Sala seems like he's kind of coaching this team up. I think this team has a lot of momentum going into next year. Four wins. I think they want to end the season on a win. And against Buffalo, right? Yeah, it would be nice. I don't think they're going to. I think the Bills are going to score 35 on them, probably. Yeah, me too. So if they can score 10, this goes over. Yeah, I like it that you don't really need much. And from what we've seen, you know, from teams playing the Jets, it's that exact thing right there. I think they allow, if it's not the most points in the league, it's right there in the top five yeah, as far as allowing be points. Up to um, you, you know, right? So people can put up some points against that defense for sure. I like it. Uh, and Bill's obviously very capable for sure. Uh, my over it didn't work out for me last week, picking, you know, uh, having to do with this team. Hoping to have a better result this week to end the season, hoping for some better luck. Uh, but I'm looking at Dallas and Philly. 42 and a half was the number here. And like you said, a lot of low lines this week. A lot of numbers where I'm like, okay, I like the over there. I like the over there. I like the over there again. So I kind of end up picking them. Obviously, uh, two in-division teams, a lot of that going on in week 17, obviously, right? But division pride is at stake. Both these teams want to come out and show, hey, we're the better team in the both division. Teams are in the playoffs. Both teams are playoff teams this year, exactly that. And both teams can put up points. Dallas puts up 29, 30 points a game, number one in the league. I think Philly is in the top 10, top six uh, at about 26 points per game, right? So both teams can put up some points. I'm thinking this is going to be like a 30 to 24, pretty close decently high scoring uh definitely over 42 and a half for dallas and philly here a lot of low lines this week for sure for sure i definitely don't hate it the only reason i think it would go under is just these two teams know each other well last time they but, played dallas scored about 40 themselves so yeah, I'm, hope, so. I'm hoping we'll, we'll see <laughs> we'll see what the end result is ultimately what about under what are you looking at there uh, I'm at Steelers Ravens 42. Talk about two teams that know each other well. These are two teams that, if the Colts happen to lose to the Jaguars, can make it into the playoffs. Don't think either one of them will. So it's yeah. games probably for nothing, but it could end up being a meaningful game. Winner gets in. 
either way, I think it's low scoring. Uh, this Ravens offense is kind of falling apart down the stretch. Injuries have finally really taken over this offense. And I don't believe in the I don't believe in Ben Roethlisberger to score. He threw the ball nearly. Yeah. He threw the ball nearly fifty times. Okay, the other night, nearly fifty times. He didn't. He had, he had one hundred and fifty yards, maybe one hundred ninety, even one hundred and fifty yards. Like it's pretty yeah. crazy. I wouldn't be too worried about him putting up too many points. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely don't think this game is going to be a shootout by any means. Their secondary is banged up. And Lamar is. Might come back and play this week. I wouldn't play him if I. I would just kind of bail out the season, end it. You know how I would if I if I were the Ravens, kind of take your losses, take your wins, uh, and not worry too much about this final game since there is such a small chance you're going to make it in the playoffs. And if you do make it into the postseason, what are your chances? You know, on the road, all the injuries you had. You know, what are your chances looking like there as well, right? So I don't know if I would play him personally. There's talk that he might play. Probably not going to be a too high scoring game. For my under, I'm looking at the Vikings and the Bears. Surprisingly, like I said, there was a lot of low lines this week. This was like the third highest line at 44 and a half. I was like, okay, this is giving the third thinking there's going to be some points putting up here. I'm not exactly thinking the same. Like I said, 44 and a half seems a little high. I know both of these offenses can put up points. We've kind of seen that, but overall, I think they're more inconsistent than they are. You know, like firepower wise, as they are explosive, right? So I think they're more inconsistent. The Vikings only average 24 points a game. Uh, Chicago around 18. Together that makes 42. That's under 44 and a half. Again, didn't love a lot of a lot of the unders this week since the lines were so low. Since since this one was so high, I like under 44 and a half uh, for the Vikings and the Bears this weekend. Yeah, both these offenses can really put up stinkers. Yeah, since- you know. The teams are eliminated, both of them. How much are they really going to try? What do you have to play for right now, right? So that that's kind of the thing where there's no motivation whatsoever. I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty low-scoring, boring game to watch overall. Uh, let's move on, though, and do favorite and underdog using the spread. Uh, Tanner, what's the team you're looking at this this week as far as a favorite goes that you think's pretty much a lock to win? What are you thinking? I picked the Patriots minus six and a half against the Dolphins. Yeah. I think this Patriots team is going to take it to the Dolphins. This They lost to the Dolphins week one. Oh, I right. Think, I think they want to make up for that loss. If they win and Buffalo loses, they can win the division. If not, they still can get the five seed, which is better than the six or the seven. Yeah, you're playing at home at least for a this game. This Patriots team is playing for something. This Dolphins yeah. team isn't. They're going to take it to them. I got Patriots by double digits. So I think Patriots six and a half is a lock. Yeah, I like it, especially with what Miami just got done. They obviously have been eliminated from the postseason. Not much to play for. Um, they could be playing to kind of not end because they can't end New England season, obviously, but kind of throw a wrench. You know, kind of, kind of not not ruin their playoff hopes, but you know, move them around in the seating a little bit, right? So we'll see. Uh, but after a thirty-four to three loss, uh, yeah, we'll see. But talking about Miami, I'm taking, I'm talking, I'm taking the team for my favorite that just beat them. Uh, Tennessee obviously just beat them thirty-four to three. I'm taking the Titans this week, uh, ten minus ten and a half against the Texans. Okay, Texans obviously 
been up and down. We've seen some decent things from them as of recently. Uh, but they, the, the Titans just whooped Miami. Their defense is playing phenomenal right now, and they just dropped 34 on a, a pretty good, if dare I say, a, just a, a very good defense in Miami, right? So I think that they beat lowly Houston by two scores, 12 or so. Uh, I, I definitely like the Titans 10 and a half here. The, seeing what we've seen from them, they're also still trying to get that number one seed locked up. I think they win here rather convincingly in the last week of the season. Yeah, they got to win to get the one seed. I think they're going to do it, especially if Derrick Henry's back. I don't see any way this Texans team can stop them at all. I think they're a lock to go. Yeah. I like them. I like I like the Titans yeah. this week. You know, I like I, I definitely like like Tennessee's chances against Houston. Uh, what about underdog? What, what what about a team you think is getting a little undervalued right now? I think the 49ers at plus four and a half against the Rams. Uh, 49ers are in a win and get in situation. Oh, right. If they yeah. lose and the Saints win, Saints get in, and the Saints play the Falcons. So they're probably going to win. You hoping for a Saints loss there? You kind of, you know, I know you don't want to run into the Saints, or do you but, want to run back into the Saints? But, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Off topic, I had to go there, though. I know. But the 49ers, I think, are going to beat the Rams outright. So the fact that they're four and a half point dogs. Get you four points I, there to play with, you know? Yeah. Take, yeah, for sure. They beat them last time. Yeah. They've beaten them five straight times. Oh, my gosh. Five straight. Hey. I'm pretty sure. History's on their side. History's on their side. But again, who's to say the Rams I don't want to make six? They don't want to make a six, obviously, right? They, they want to end that, end that streak. As soon as they can. But yeah, the fact that, you know, history is definitely on your side with that one. Ah, my underdog, we talked about this team. I think you talked about him here just a moment ago. I'm taking the Jets for my underdog plus 17. Okay. Plus 17 against, so against Buffalo. That's three scores, standard. Three scores. I know it's the Jets. They've been playing better football as of recently. Okay. 17 points is also just so much to be left out there, I feel like. And that that's obviously that's honestly the biggest reason I picked them right here. I know Buffalo's definitely gonna win this game. I am in no way picking the Jets to upset the bill. I think it's in Buffalo. I'm not 100 sure. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I am in no way picking them to upset Buffalo. Okay, at home. Definitely not. But 17 points, it's a big number out there. And I hope, I hope. They can keep it within three scores. <laughs> uh, and I don't think that's too much, too much to ask for. I'm just kind of hoping they can hang within a couple of touchdowns. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Could pay off. Could be. They could end up winning by 25 to 30. And that's make that's making the spread look pretty good right now. Right. But I thought it was just too many points to be left out there. So picking Jets plus 17. Yeah, I'm always tempted anytime it's over 14. I mean, three scores is just so many. That's so yeah, many. That's so much professional points. Football players too. Yeah, and they're they're playing a little bit better. Uh, plus seventeen. Give me that. Give me that all day. What about game of the week? I mean, I think there's 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 a couple of good matchups. Don't get me wrong, but there's one that has real implications. Like yeah, winning and you're in for both teams. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Chargers Raiders, Chargers Raiders. I think is the yes. game of the week because it's going to be Sunday Night Football. It's going to be the last game in the NFL season. It's a season finale, and 
No Monday night game? Nope, no Monday night game. Okay. And there you go. Because the college football championship is on Monday. Ah, facts. Why compete with that? Yeah, got yeah. you. Got so you. there's going to be – it's the last game of the season, and the winner of that game makes the playoffs, and the loser of that game doesn't make the playoffs. Big game. Huge game. A lot it doesn't really matter what happens in the other games unless the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Chargers and Raiders tie is the only way they can both make it. I think this game is going to be – it's going to be a – Hey, hey, fight. I got the Chargers. Me too. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I figured we'd both pretty much be on the same page here, but I, I, I definitely think uh, Derek Carr, he's going to keep it close. I think he's going to keep it close. I do. We'll see what the defense can do and, and how healthy uh, the Chargers are. Honestly, I think that that's honestly might, might be what it comes down to, how many players they have back uh, on the field. And we've, they've been missing some guys here as of recently. They got those guys back. I, I like LA. <laughs> I, I like the Chargers here. I like them to make the postseason as well. But, yeah, it's a big game. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Got to be. I know Philly Cowboys, that's pretty solid. I think the Browns and Cincinnati play. Overall matchups, they're good, right? But this is the big one. This is the big Steelers one. Steelers-Ravens. Steelers-Ravens, yeah, but their their chances are very, very slim as well, right? Okay. So if other teams happen, I, this is winner. You know, you're win, you're in, you lose, you're pretty much done. Yeah, game of the week for sure. The Chargers-Ravens. And, and two teams who have been pretty competitive pretty much all year, you know, despite yeah. something's going on. So, yeah, definitely game of the week for Sunday night football. All right, Tanner, if it's cool with you, let's take a short break. When we come back, talk about your thing right there, the college football playoffs. It's championship week, and got to break down Alabama and Georgia facing off for that big game. So let's take a break. We'll come back, break that down. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, guys, keep it locked on. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. Like we said in the first half of the show, let's get things started with some college football. We just had the start of the playoffs this past weekend, Tanner. Obviously, Georgia went on to beat Michigan. Alabama went on to beat Cincinnati. We'll break those two games down more in depth here in just a moment. Uh, But Alabama and Georgia are now set to face off in the national championship game, which is going to be on Monday at 8 Eastern. What did you learn from those first from those first two games, and what are you looking forward to in the championship game? Um, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Georgia. I think Georgia is as good as I thought they were. They were able to pretty much physically dominate Michigan. They beat them thirty-four to eleven. Yeah, it wasn't even close, man. Not even at a single. I think they started the game up fourteen to zero pretty quickly. It was over right then and there. It was done. Yeah, Michigan seemed to. Uh, to want to run a defense that wasn't going to allow Georgia to run the ball. So they just threw it on them. They didn't think that they could, and they did. And Michigan couldn't do anything against their defense. I think Georgia's defense is still the best in the country. And then Alabama, they proved who's really the big brother in the college football world. Yeah, man. Holy Cincinnati, who – Great season getting in, but you're up against Alabama. Uh, they're running back ran for 204 yards against Cincinnati. <laughs> Not much you can do, man. Not much you can do. Yeah, and I was kind of mad. I was watching this game, 
And Cincinnati just refused to put more guys in the box and let their corners really man up against Alabama's receivers. Right. It was a decent matchup. They just didn't decide to do that. They were running six-guy boxes, like, all game, and they were just getting gashed in the running game. So you're going to – so you obviously have Alabama versus Georgia in the national championship. It's the last game of the college football season, season finale, and the second-to-last game was today in the uh, Tech Slayer Bowl. I'm sure you were tuned in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, from start to finish, you know, I I was glued to the screen. Yeah. Yeah. But this team – I mean, this game's going to be good. I think it's the two best teams in the country – Obviously, people are a little bummed because we did just see these two teams play a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, four, three, four weeks ago. Three but, weeks, I think. Yeah, because uh, there was a couple week break. Maybe it was about a month, month ago or so. Yeah, but yeah, we just saw them play. But they're the two best teams, and they deserve to be in the national championship. Uh, I think Georgia stands a good chance of repeating. I think it was a weird game. I mean, uh, of getting their revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a kind of a toss-up type game. I really don't know who could win. We could be in for a great game. Last time Alabama played Georgia in the national championship, it was a really good game. That's the game that Jalen Hurts gets pulled and Tua comes in and leads Alabama to victory in the second half. Mm -hmm. It's a great college football championship. So hopefully we get a game like that again. But really as a whole, the two playoff games were kind of stinkers. Yeah, man, they're just straight blowouts. Not even close. You knew who was going to win. Probably after the first quarter, first quarter half, you know, going into halftime, you're like, yeah, this thing's done for, for, for both games, obviously, right? So, yeah, definitely a little bit, you know, a little disappointing. Uh, a, a lot of buildup going into these. A lot of people saying, hey, Michigan could definitely pull. I was seeing more often than not, I felt like I was seeing Michigan. People were saying Michigan was going to pull off the upset and just saying nothing, you know, singing nothing but praises for a team in Cincinnati, you know, right? So I was definitely a little surprised to see the result. But then again, as you said, two dominant teams there, not too surprising to see that these two teams are going to be facing off. Obviously, that was my prediction uh, just last week. But I'm sticking with Georgia as far as who's going to take take everything home. I think they uh, – I've been kind of rolling with them. I, I don't know, obviously – too much about the college football playoffs and what goes I know all the players on the roster, but from uh, from what I've seen so far uh, from the recent play, I'm going to take them for in the in the uh, revenge game against Alabama. So you are going with uh, Georgia as well, though, correct? Yeah, I'm taking Georgia, but I bet against Alabama a few times this year, and yeah, they've won every, when they've won all those games, so yeah. probably run to the bank with the Alabama bet. Yeah, looking at uh, your track record. <laughs> weird to me that Georgia's three-point favorites doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But the so rest of the New Year's Six games kind of saved the playoff games for being so bad. The Oklahoma State-Notre Dame game was great, 37-35. to 35. Oklahoma State mounts a huge comeback to come back on Notre Dame. And then Ohio State versus Utah is a shootout, 48-45. to 45. There was about – what seemed like four touchdowns in the last three minutes of that game, the wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, went, you're asking the wrong guy. I think he went for something crazy, like 300 and 
47 yards. Oh, my god! 15 catches, 347 yards, three touchdowns in that game. He's like a sophomore or a freshman. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, that game was incredible. It, it was just who had the ball last was going to win that game. And then, fortunate news, Baylor plays Ole Miss in the last game on New Year's Day. And you have Matt Corral, who's the starting quarterback for Ole Miss, uh, probably going to be the first quarterback drafted in this year's draft. Uh, pretty good chance he's going to be a top 10 pick. He goes out he gets hurt in the game. It doesn't seem like it's anything too serious. It's a high ankle sprain, a lot of time before the draft. Shouldn't be too anything. Yeah, right. problematic for his NFL career. But – it kind of raised the question for a lot of people, should these kids opt out of their bowl games if they know they're going to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft? So that raises a pretty good question. At some that is. Point, that's a good question, man. It at is. Some point, I, you, you do I have a that. commitment to your team to play games, and bowl games should matter to you. They're, do they matter, they're though? Let me ask you, Senator. What do the, bowl games mean? I, I was going to ask you, what does this mean at all for that player who's going to go for the draft? Does it mean? Does it really mean anything? Really? Does it mean uh, anything? I mean, does it? Does it? Does it? You could say, like, I won the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's a big game. Like, in a Sugar Bowl championship at Ole Miss would be the start of like a great pro program. So it kind of makes sense for that. When guys pull out of games like the Tax Slayer Bowl, I think that's an incredible choice. But if you're in the I, so bowl, no. <laughs> So, so it doesn't really have much, though. Repercussions is kind of what I'm getting from that. Not really much. I don't really get much from playing, unless I'm getting a bonus from winning the Sugar Bowl. If I'm just getting bragging rights, I'm honestly – you said a guy, a guy got hurt, probably nothing big. But what if I get hurt in a game that doesn't matter? I, mean, I know I'm not making the playoffs. I'm not Jalen Smith did that for the Cowboys. I'm no, I'm not – that's why we end up drafting him, and now where is he? <laughs> he's 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 maybe on New York's practice squad right now. Maybe on New York's practice. Anyway, that doesn't necessarily correlate by any means. I'm, I'm all cool. I'm one thousand percent cool with these players, especially if you're already not yeah. going to play off. Yeah. Hey, I yeah. don't want to play. I'm well, I'm a first round pick. Like I am. Cool. If you want to sit out, I'm not blaming you as a person. I'm just saying, like bowl games, like the New Year's Six games, they matter. But if a player still wants to sit out, that's their decision. And it's their health that's on the line. It's their career, and it might cost them millions of dollars. Like, if you hate on that. Hey, you're... also, though, a player might need to boost his stock a little bit. Yeah, Maybe he didn't have exactly. a good game. Then he needs to play. So there you go. There's It really just depends on your situation, you know, where you're going to be ranked, what your what your draft uh, aspirations are. That's that's what it comes down to, ultimately, and what, what, and what you've already done in the season up until that point, whatever that they want to sit out, they've done enough. They're set, sit out, do your thing, be safe. These other guys, I'm sure there are guys who are glad to go out there and take your spot, you know? So no, no, no biggie. Honestly, there's going to be a motivated guy right there behind him. So. Yeah. That's what allows guys like that Ohio state receiver to come out and play so well. Chris Olave, one of the best receivers in the nation for Ohio state didn't play in that game. And that's why go. he was able to get such a big target share. And there you go. He broke the bowl record for any bowl 
Well, there you go. So, like, uh, this really depends, Andy man. Did it in the Rose Bowl. That's awesome. That's great news to hear. So that just kind of shows some situations that stuff is meant to happen. So, so, so this can happen, and uh, I'm all for it 100. That's it, though, man. Uh, Monday, though, are you are you ready for the college football season to end? Are you ready for this to be your 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 final words almost of the college? Maybe well, you know, obviously we can address who wins and everything next week. But like, this is it, man. How do you how are you feeling? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I thought it was a good season. Lots of kind of chaos in the regular season. Lots of teams who we thought were good kind of ended up not being so good. But at the, at the end of the day, Alabama's probably going to win the national championship. <laughs> Maybe Georgia. <laughs> so it's just the same as every other college football season. Ah, so there we are. Vanilla, <laughs> we think it's good, but I like see, it's not that. I want, good. I want, I want to see something new. There's some chocolate drizzle on there. That's what you want. That's a tenor one. He's just getting straight vanilla. Hey, I, I'm a vanilla fan. Georgia, if, I'm, if I'm getting Georgia the shake, I might be getting the in such a long time. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to see at least them win. I'm cool with it, uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. I've honestly been the most into you know into and the most uh, responsive, I should say, even. Uh, as far as this college football season goes, I don't think I've ever watched. I've again, I only watched a handful of games. I'm not even gonna act like I watched the entire season. But in comparison to zero games the years before, we're definitely making uh, some progress there for sure. Let's move on though and talk about the NBA. There's a lot happening in basketball right now. Let's start in Chicago. Okay, they are currently the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They sit at 25 and 10, and that's despite having kind of a lot of COVID-related issues up until this point. They're one of the players who didn't even have eight players, you know, a lot of 10-day guys, right? So the fact that they've been you know, remained consistent and now are at the top of that Eastern Conference is very impressive, uh, Tanner. They're the fifth best offense as far as overall rating, the fifth best uh, rated offense in the NBA, the 11th best defense. So just out of the top 10, nearly top 10 in both those categories. They're scoring 110 points per game, holding teams to about 107, about a three-point differential. They're not great, not terrible by any means. And up until this point, I think they have a top five MVP candidate in DeMar DeRozan on their team. We see how how improved this team is, how much better this team is this year in comparison to last. I know Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, definitely helping there as well. There's just the chemistry between Levine and Vucevic increasing as well. But DeMar DeRozan averaging 27-5-5. and He leads the team in PER, uh, in PER at 23.5. I think you said it earlier, tons of clutch shots. He's always winning. I have like multiple examples of him just winning games this season for Chicago. Are you buying into this team? I know your team, the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously a contender as well in the Eastern Conference. How are you framing? How are you looking at this uh, Chicago Bulls team? Are you thinking they're a real threat, you know, a, a real team here that you're going to have to face? Or, you know, how are you feeling about the Bulls at this point in time? They're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now, you know? Yeah, I think this Bulls team is good. I think this Bulls team has a lot of talent, a lot of guys that, necessarily haven't won before and yeah that kind of worries me when it comes to the playoffs yeah, but, big moments yeah. but, but I, th I think this team's gonna win a playoff series and i think this team can i think this team a good expectation for expectation for this team is to 
make the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if they make yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals, I think it's a successful season with these guys. But yeah, this team could beat anybody. This team has a lot of talent. Demar Rosen is the first player in NBA history to hit back-to-back buzzer beaters on back-to-back nights. That was nuts, dude. Both Larry Bird, Larry Bird did it in back-to-back games, but they had an off day. Not nights, right? So back-to-back yeah. nights tonight and tomorrow night. You know, he's sitting game winners walking off the court. This thing's done. He gets the last shot, right? So that's huge. He's been super clutch. He's been honestly the best, one of the best fourth-quarter scorers in all of basketball this season so far. And it's not just him, though, right? He's been a, he's a big reason they've improved so much. But him and Zach Levine combined have been arguably – the best duo. They've been a top two, three duo in, in the NBA this year. Zach's also averaging 26 a game, five assists, four rebounds, and he's shooting 49% from the floor, 42, 42 from three, and 85 from the free throw. Those are phenomenal shooting percentage. That, that's a great shooting split for him. Vucevic and Lonzo fitting very well together. Lonzo's getting like 12, seven and seven, something like that. Uh, Alex Caruso coming off the bench, giving him two steals per game. Kobe White coming off the bench, scoring some points. I've, I've kind of been saying this, and, I, and I'm kind of just going to piggyback, you know, you double down on it right now. I think this Chicago Bulls team can play with any of the other top teams in the league, and I definitely think they are contenders to win the Eastern Conference this year. They're fitting well. They got the chemistry. Guys, when you, when you look at a team like the Nets, right, Kyrie might be coming. He is coming back and playing for sure now. You said, you said you know, you'll buy it when you see it. It should, should be happening within the next week or so. Kyrie Irving should be back in a Nets jersey. Either like way. I said, I'll believe it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, when it happens, he'll, he'll believe it there. Uh, but when you're comparing them to a team like Chicago, obviously more star power is on that Brooklyn squad team. I think Chicago is just as deep, if not a little bit deeper, uh, but they, they, they're going to have the luxury of playing all season together as a unit in comparison to the Nets who've been kind of thrown around. Kyrie's just not getting thrown in the mix, you know. So that is one thing going in their favor, though. This is their first year playing together. Uh, they had the star power, though, with DeRozan, Levine. They got the defense with Lonzo, Caruso. Uh, uh, DeRozan has been putting in effort, at least on the defensive end. Same thing with, with Levine. So, yeah, I think this team can play with, with pretty much everyone. Uh, the only thing is now is what do they do with guys like Kevin Durant? What do they do with guys like, like Giannis Antetokounmpo when they play them in a big game, in a, in a big playoff series? Can they overcome great players having great performances in those big moments like we know they're going to, right? But overall, as, from what I've seen so far, super impressive, exceed my expectation, and they can beat or play with any other top dog. It's crazy. I'm actually going to see this team play Chicago. I'm seeing them and Golden State face off. I think it's on the 14th that they're playing in Chicago. And as of right now, it's looking like I'm, I'm going to be watching the two number one seeds in the NBA facing off. So it didn't, didn't look that way at the beginning of the season when you're looking at these tickets, when you're looking at this game. But as of right now, it's looking like it's going to be you know a, a pretty phenomenal game. That kind of leads us this though tanner okay i talk about the warriors coming back uh the warriors playing in chicago next week i have a chance to see a player play if he if he if he has you know the ability to come back and play this week i see to see a player play who hasn't played in over two seasons and i've been waiting over two years i've been waiting over two years to say these words but it's looking like clay thompson 
Okay. Clay Thompson, you know, three-time champ. He, he holds the NBA record uh, for, for three-pointers made in a single game with 14. The guy who, who, who had 60 points on 11 dribbles in three quarters. You know, obviously the co-member of the Splash Bros. I think he's a, I think him and along with Steph is, is a top five duo in NBA history. You know, that's a that's a big step, that's a big thing to say there. But he it's looking like he could be making his return this upcoming Sunday against the Cavaliers at home. It's not set in stone, but it is starting to look that way. He's been healthy for over a month at this point in time. He's been practicing about a month, if not over a month at this point in time. I know he tore his Achilles and his ACL. So ACL came back in the 2019 finals year after that, the year after, you know, rehabbing his, his ACL, he tore his Achilles the night before the NBA draft just last season, obviously. So that was two and a half years. He's been out with those injuries. Tanner, I, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited. I think this is going to be one of the top moments in warrior franchise history. A guy like this coming back from overcoming what he's overcome you you know you you feel yeah i mean two pretty major major injuries if he can come back and be what he was before what does that mean for the warriors team moving forward what does that mean tanner they're the number one seed in the nba right now they're a top five offense they're the best defense i think the offensive rating is gonna go up with a guy like clay thompson you think it's going to go up having, you know, the best catch-and-shoot player in basketball coming back? You know, it's going to take him some time to get back defensively, get back to being one of the best two-way players in the game. You know, that's not going to come overnight. But that catch-and-shoot, that that shot, I think that's going to that's gonna translate right away. I'm not expecting 25, 30, you know, 20 points from him consistently in his first few games in his first few weeks. I think he might be around the 15, maybe gets up to 18 points. I think I think he'll only be playing about 25 minutes, honestly, when he when he first gets things going. So he's not going to have the, the role that he used to have. But when he's back and when the postseason comes around, Tanner, I'm telling you right now, so so I can say that I said you know that, that I had this on record. I think we're going to be seeing some of the best basketball we've seen Clay Thompson play. What I've seen from just his rehab process. It seems like what I've seen from him in practices and scrimmages before games and the shoot around and such. I know that's different than in-game situations, but it does look like he's he's playing exactly the way that he used to be. The only question now is is on the defensive end. Is he going to be that top defensive player? Either way, it's the number one defense in the league without him. I don't think he's going to hurt the defense by any means, adding a player like that. Uh, and then it does nothing but help a guy in Steph. Obviously, Steph getting getting a lot of help this season from Jordan Poole, getting a lot of help this season from Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Draymond Green has been great, arguably the, the, the uh, defensive player of the year. But imagine how much more space Steph is going to be able to have with those guys out there. Plus, like as I just said, guy has 60 points and 11 dribbles, 14 three-pointers in a game. And him out there alongside him. You know, it's going to be even more space for Steph. Steph gets doubled, if not triple teamed, every single time he crosses half court. There's a double team coming for him every single time without fail. Now you're a little more hesitant to do that with a guy you know who they can zip the ball to and is more likely than not going to knock down that open jumper that he has, right? So it's going to be nothing but help their offense, help Steph Curry. I'm super excited. I don't even know. I'm not I'm not much of a crier. I've only cried a handful of times watching sporting events, and that one of those is including the Golden State 3-1 meltdown. I am, you know, I'm not not ashamed of it whatsoever. 
this might be one of those moments center. I've been looking forward to this for so long. And, and Clay Thompson is without a doubt, one of my favorite athletes in all of sports and all, all, you know, in sports history, even I go there. Right. So super excited to have my guy back, have a full, pretty much a full roster, golden state warrior basketball, finally going to be, you know, playing again in the NBA. And what happened the last time all these guys were healthy? Would you mind, would you mind reminding me the last time Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond green were all healthy with a roster of this caliber? What, what happened Tanner? What was the end result with or without Kevin Durant? Yeah. Pick one championship, man. Uh, championship. A loss of the NBA finals. Championship before that. A championship yeah. either way. And they got to the finals either way. They yeah. got a, a finals trip, one out of two, and then they get, you know, they make the best team in NBA history and win, win a couple more, which, yeah. Okay. Either way. I mean, let me see this before we move on and talk about the Cavs and the Grizzlies, Grizzlies as well. Let me get your opinion on it as well. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Splash Bros. I think they're a top five duo in NBA history. I'm going MJ Pippen, just real quickly, right? MJ Pippen, Kobe Shaq, Magic Kareem, Curry Thompson. If you want to throw LeBron and D Wade, and if you want to throw Bird and McHale, you want to throw Duncan and Parker, Stockton Malone. I think Steph Curry and Clay Thompson make the cut above guys like Stockton Malone. They won more championships together than LeBron and Dwayne Wade. They've been to just as many uh, as LeBron and Dwayne Wade had like, and have a better record in the finals. I think they deserve to be in the top five, if not maybe the top six. Uh, but Curry and Thompson, a legendary duo getting put back together with time left to play in their career, obviously. This is an amazing time for the Golden State Warrior franchise, a time everybody has been waiting for. So, again, I'm I'm nothing but thrilled, man. I cannot wait. The number 11 back on the court and if he's back by Sunday there's a chance I could see him play live in person in Chicago just next week so I don't want to get too excited but <laughs> I'm pretty excited, he's excited. Right now. yeah I'm, I'm, I can't even hide right now pretty excited at this point in time uh, but even for non-warrior guys like you you know what I mean guys who just are a lover of the game of basketball you're excited for a guy to have a guy I don't know if you are because you have to play him every night now but the game of basketball should be excited to have a guy like this back. You know, does anyone not like Clay Thompson? Does anyone not like Clay Thompson? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of Clay Thompson haters running yeah, around. You know, I think he's a generally liked player. He's probably the most liked player on the Warriors. I feel like Kevin Durant was hated. Draymond Green's hated. There are people that don't like Steph Curry. Steph's pretty controversial. Yeah, yeah. Like you love him or you hate him, hundred percent. No one likes Draymond. Clay no one likes Wiggins. Everyone's like, yeah, that guy's. I he's like cool. that guy. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a boat. He's got a cool dog. You know, he's got a cool just persona about him, 100%. He's quiet, uh, it seems like. Yeah, he's a little more reserved, 100%, but he'll speak out when he needs to. Yeah. Clay, you ever want to come on the podcast? You got a spot right here. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks in Chicago, hopefully. We'll kind of have to see how that all goes down. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm super excited. Uh, can't wait to see. Hopefully Sunday comes and he is playing. I don't really know why he wouldn't be playing again. He's been healthy about a month now, or 100% healthy and practicing for about a month now. Uh, if he didn't play on Sunday, he has, he has to wait a, about a week and a half for their next home game. They, they go on a five-game road stretch, a road trip after this Sunday's game at home against the Cavaliers. So we'll have to see. I don't know what the worth would be in waiting another week, but you've waited this long. So what's another week as well, right? So we'll kind of just have to wait and see what that looks like. Let's move on, though, Tanner. Talk about our last topic of the day. Finally, there has been two big surprises so far this season in the NBA. Uh, first being the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they sit at number four 
in the Western Conference. They are 25 and 14 after their latest win, actually against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who on the other end are, are the second biggest surprise. If I, I dare to say that Cleveland could even be a stop, you know, a, a, a step ahead of, of the Grizzlies, because at least Memphis has a guy like Ja. Who you could say, okay, he's taking over, he's playing the best basketball that he's that, that he's been so or that he's played in his career. Maybe I get his team playing that well. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, they are the fifth seed in the in the Eastern Conference, 21 and 17, a better record than the 76ers, a better record than the Celtics, than the Hawks, than the Hornets, than the Wizards, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This team has played some pretty good basketball. Uh, but Tanner, what are you with me? Kind of, I think the Cavaliers do kind of take the cake for number one. I think I saw, I saw them as being a, a lottery team, one of the worst five to seven teams in basketball is kind of what I was predicting for this team coming into the season. And I'm not saying they're going to stay where they are by any means, but this team's played some some pretty freaking good ball up until this point, you know? Yeah, the Cavs team has been incredibly surprising this year. Um I saw Jared Allen said at some point in the offseason that they were going to be good and, like, don't sleep on them. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of laughing at that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this team has outperformed everyone's expectations. Evan Mobley has been rookie of the year so far by far. Definitely. Uh, Jared Allen has been really good. Darius Garland has played well. Stepped These are up. guys that are, yeah. They haven't really. They're young players that are starting to find their groove in the NBA, and they're playing well. Yeah, this Cavs team has been, as far as everyone, a lot of people had this team as being, like you said, like a, like a bad team. Uh, yeah, like a top three or four lottery pick. You know, like yeah, man, hundred percent. And they lost Colin Sexton, and they're still winning. Yeah, they're still winning. Darius Garland really stepped up. He's averaging 19 and 7 over a steal a game. Uh, Jared Allen, the hundred million dollar man. People questioning him getting a hundred million dollar contract this past offseason. He's averaging 17 and 10 with a block and a half per game. And then you said uh, um uh, Evan Mobley, rookie of the year. He's putting up 14, 8, and two blocks a game almost. Man, imagine going up against Evan Mobley and then Jared Allen, two elite shot blockers, it seems, you know. So they're doing something right right now. You know, they're, they're, put, they're putting the right personnel together, and people were kind of laughing, as you said, at their chances in the Eastern Conference to even be competitive. And uh, they've shut pretty much everyone up, you know, as, as far as everyone who's talking negative. And uh, R- Ricky Rubio did get hurt. He has been a decent part of their team. So Rubio, I think he tore his ACL, so he's going to be out for the majority of the rest of the season. They did trade for a guy in Rondo. We'll see how much Rondo plays. Let's see if Rondo's cool playing in Cleveland. I'm kind of interested to see how that experiment kind of works out. So they are definitely going to be missing a guy in Rubio. But Allen, Garland, and Mobley have all stepped up. Kevin Love is playing pretty solid ball off the bench, really getting getting 14 points. So this team's playing some pretty pretty good basketball right now. They deserve some recognition. Uh, and then on, on the other end for the Grizzlies, right, John Morant. I know we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about Miles Bridges, and we're talking about Jordan Poole for the most improved player. But right now, it has got to be John Morant. And honestly, it's really not that close. The next couple of guys 
you know, would be a Miles Bridges, would be a Jordan Poole. Those are the top three candidates right there. But with what Ja is doing, he does just look so much better than than what we saw these past couple of seasons. Not to say he was bad by any means, still, you know, almost an all-star last season himself. But this year, for sure, an all-star. I think he could even deserve a spot on the all-NBA teams if he keeps playing like this. And Memphis's record stays consistent. He's averaging 25, 5, and 7. Uh, so, no, sorry, 25, 7, and 6. I'm so sorry. So 25, 7, and 6. Uh, and over a steal and a half per game, dunking on everyone. At one point, he led the NBA in points in the paint. John ja Morant led the NBA in points. And this dude's six feet tall, okay? Yeah. He's not. He's no seven-footer, no Joel Embiid dominate. No, this guy's six feet tall. He's jumping over people to get those points in the paint. Uh, really, really earning them down there, obviously. Then Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, can't forget about them. They've been consistent together. Brooks and Bain averaging over 36 points per game, those two guys, right? So that's been consistent. And would you believe this? Uh, John Moran, obviously, they're, they're what, 25 or uh, 25? I'm kind of blanking on the record at this point in time. 25 and 14, they are right now. John Moran has missed 12 games. He's missed 12 games, and they're still the four seed in the Western Conference. They have a better record than Denver, than Dallas, than both L.A. teams. Yeah, the Grizzlies have a better record than the Lakers. And the Clippers, and the Dallas. All these guys. John Morant, people are – I've heard MVP get tossed around a little bit. I'm not going that far. Not everyone can be an MVP candidate, okay? But this guy is an all-star for sure. Could even be an all-star starter this year. He's been that good as far as at the guard position in the Western Conference and could find himself a spot on the all-NBA teams. He's been that good, and he's the most improved player. So everything, he he deserves all the recognition, uh, playing the best basketball We've seen him play. And right now, I'm sure that making the Grizzlies pretty happy with the fact that they had the number two overall pick in that draft. Maybe not the number one overall, which, again, when Zion plays, he's been dominant, but he's missed he's, he's, he's missed more games than, than he's played in his NBA career. He's literally missed more games For than sure. he's played. By far. And yeah, by far. It's, it's, not even, it's not even a close number. And the fact that, you know, Ja, I don't want to say slip to number two, but he's been consistent, always playing for Memphis, and he's been been nothing but improving, you know, playing nothing but better and better. And in high, in high stakes and big moments, like last year in the play-in tournament, we saw him beat the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry in San Francisco for that final eighth spot. And Ja was a big part of that, right? So we've seen him play big in big moments early in his career. Man, what's there not to like about this guy? I am one thousand percent in. You know, yeah. Thousand. Both these teams are super young, and they should both be good for a while. They continue to improve and develop the talent that they have. Yeah, you know, there's nothing to say that they shouldn't continue to get better and continue to just have a better a, a better chance in their respective conferences, right? But yeah, both teams super impressive. They played super well and deserve their recognition there. Uh, but Tanner, yeah. Pretty excited. My guy, Clay Thompson, could very well be back here within the week. Within the week, we could be seeing number 11 lace them up for the Gold State Warriors. Absolutely insane. I got obviously some big games for the NFL. My Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. I know needing a win there. I don't want to say it's a must win, but you can't go into the postseason uh, you know, fresh off a two-game losing streak in two games that you were favored to win, right? So Dallas needs a win here in this scenario, as does your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all our teams right now, trying to get that momentum on their side, hoping for a big postseason run. 
Uh, our picks, though, Tanner, as well, coming right down to it here in week 18. Who's is kind of crazy? You pick you pick games for 18 weeks, and it still comes down just to the, these, these, our final four picks are, are going to determine the entire season, you know? So it's kind of crazy uh, how, how that's going to work out, you know? But I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll see where the luck falls on your favor and mine. You've been in the lead for the majority of the of the season, obviously, right? So we'll see what that end result looks like. We'll continue our picks for the postseason more than likely. And then as far as next week's episode go, uh, episode goes, probably going to have to do some sort of power ranking as far as those end, uh, as far as the playoff teams go. Probably going to do some sort of awards or you know, dudes talking sports official NFL awards since the uh, regular season will be coming to a close. So next week. Could be a great I deal, so. yeah. A great deal of information coming, uh, more than likely next college week, right? football championship roundup, yeah. Right, so I'll have to exactly finish up in the college football arena, it'll, it'll be a big week. No, and, and the NBA is not going anywhere, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna continue. For our, our, our teams play next week, actually, Tanner. Next week, the Warriors and the Bucks play, so maybe on next week's show, some sort of wager, something going on between that game. We'll, we'll uh. We'll have to talk about it. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk when we get to it. Uh, but I want to urge everyone to go follow us on Twitter. Dudes talking underscore pod on Instagram. Dudes underscore talking underscore pod on whatever platform you are listening on. Go ahead and hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment or review. All of your uh, feedback is 100% appreciated. We would not be here without you listening every single week. Uh, but Tanner, that's it for this week's episode, my man. Sounds good. All right, good luck with all that snow you're getting in Buffalo. But that's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. All right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. Your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
he's going and coming back and playing the playoffs, or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's and never he's been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. Go cards for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can be out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports.